0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 21 of the Creators Life podcast. In this episode, I had the pleasure of talking to Miranda Johnson. Miranda is a digital producer for the Tamron Hall Show on ABC News. And I first met Miranda back around 2014, uh, 2015 at Town Square Media. Around the time, Town Square had acquired XL, which is a hip-hop magazine and online publication where Miranda worked. I was working at the advertising section, in the advertising section of uh, Town Square Media. Later on, around 2019 or so, uh, we crossed paths again when um, I started working at Essence Media, and she was already working there. And Miranda has a really great uh, story and journey throughout her time in media. She's come a long way from being an intern at Viacom to Being a digital producer for the Tamron Hall Show, um, she shares many of the triumphs and pitfalls that she's had along the way, what she's learned and how she's been able to leverage it uh, to her advantage in her career. Um, There's many career gems and life gems that she gives during this interview. And overall, it was just a good time to catch up and take stock of where she is and to hear about what she has coming. So take a listen. I think you'll enjoy kind of the way they run the program but that's a whole nother issue um <laughs> but thank you for doing this um i've as i looked into the background into your background and then sitting and thinking about mine i'm like dang our careers kind of crisscross in ways that i either didn't realize or forgot about because uh-huh. i met you at uh town Square media when it was acquired mm-hmm. by when double xl was acquired by Townsquare, and what was it 2013 or 14 something like that
1: 2014
0: i think 2014
1: okay and then
0: um i left town square and worked at started working at hot 97 and i was going through like some videos on youtube and i saw that you had done lisa evers i think street soldiers when it was the 20th anniversary of biggie's death
1: yes 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 Uh lisa she was so cool I used to work with her. I did a few um, things with Lisa because mm-hmm. at the time we did like this murdered rappers thing, and mm-hmm. sadly at the time there it was just like Chink died. It was Biggie's mm-hmm. death anniversary, so I did a bunch of that stuff with her.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I I mainly watched the Big Twenty One because I worked on uh, creative assets for that that campaign, like oh. the video Ebro Ebro. Um, rosenberg enough and a few other people did uh some digital content for biggie's uh, anniversary and i did mm-hmm. like some live illustration stuff and i did some um social graphic stuff and some video graphic stuff so that's the other crisscross and then uh, later years later working at essence so black media yeah. is small
1: it is it, it, it is it, very small. it certainly is but let's hope that As time goes on, you know, we all see ourselves in the major media, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, outlets.
0: Do you ever do you ever worried about getting pigeonholed?
1: No, I I honestly think. My latest career move um, at ABC has helped me almost broaden my horizons. I kind of thought at Essence, at a point, you know, going from double XL to Essence would make me kind of like a, a Black media, you know, guru. <laughs> but I um, I think at, at, at ABC, it's, it's a lot more, you know, major mainstream news news. Um, mm-hmm you You have access to way more yes yes. like
0: it's not even close
1: right (laughs) and then the president of ABC news is a black woman her name is Kim Kim Godwin so our show is part of like ABC news there are certain Mm -hmm. shows that are part of ABC news like Ryan and Kelly um, us uh, who else oh good GMA so we're all Mm -hmm. like um, ABC news shows and so now the president of ABC news is a black woman Mm-hmm. So now they're making nice. like a bunch of structural changes. Yeah. So there'll be a lot more black and brown faces at, at ABC News.
0: Uh, could you introduce yourself and what you do?
1: Yes. Um, my name is Miranda Johnson and I am a producer journalist uh, currently working for the Tamman Hall Show on ABC.
0: Uh, thank you for that. And um, some background just to um, set it up like uh, my interest in talking to you was. I've been working within media now since uh, about 2013 and every step of the way from when I started at town square media to working um, at this uh, California creative agency and doing work uh, in media with, with them as well. Um, it's been quite a journey and going over your, your uh, background, Miranda, and working with you in different capacities, um i've like noticed that with you as well so i thought it would be cool to actually have a sit down and just talk about your journey and specific spe- your journey specifically working with i think starting within hip-hop culture or within hip-hop and music being on-air talent um also being a producer doing some digital video work um Working with Essence, Black Women's Lifestyle, being a Black woman, woman within media, now at the Tamron Hall Show—that's, that's, that's a, a a lifetime right there of of experiences. So, um, I thought it would be cool to have you share that experience with my audience, and also maybe help others that are kind of behind you coming up and talking about, you know, how you've moved within the industry, how you conducted, conducted yourself, the different pitfalls, all that, all that type of stuff.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm glad that we're we're doing this. Um I'm a huge uh fan of your work, you know, working with you uh on the graphic side of things. So exciting to see you spreading your wings. Um and glad that I can be a part of this podcast.
0: Thank you. Um so I want to start I'm going to be like DJ en- envy. Let's start at the beginning. Um so <laughs> back you you're originally from Jersey, right? Yes. So it, mm-hmm.
1: The mm-hmm. Jersey girl
0: if you could talk about your um your, your your youth and growing up in hip-hop culture and what that meant to you
1: yes so it's funny because a lot of the times people think of Jersey um in my experiences as like New York's little like brother or sister but uh, growing up around the time there was a lot of cool stuff um happening in Jersey for example my mom is from East Orange and um, at the time in the mid late 90s that was a time when Lauren Hill and the Fugees were popping Lauren Hill is from East Orange um, so me seeing her um, she's a you know multi-hyphenate actor a, a singer you know a rapper she just is is amazing. So seeing her and her being from, you know, the area that I didn't necessarily grow up in, but my grandma lived there, so I was always there. And so seeing Lauren Hill and the Fugees, you know, gain prominence, and then also um, Queen Latifah, who is from New York, uh, she the mid to late nineties was also you know a peak point for her. And so seeing. Her flourish, um, you know, Nork is just a, a few uh, uh, throw stones away from East Orange. Um, and beyond that, um, my uncle at the time had married a preacher's daughter. And so we all went to the the pastor's church, and so did Queen Latifah's mom. So um, seeing Queen Latifah's mom all the time, and you know, obviously she was always bragging on her daughter. So seeing Queen Latifah um, not only take over the hip hop game, but also at the time she had living single on. So seeing these two women, you know, Lauren Hill. You know, they were both just taking over the entertainment. Um, they were both black women in hip hop. So seeing them um, and then not to mention, we had other hip hop groups like Naughty by Nature at the time, who were also awesome. I'm a huge Naughty by Nature fan. They don't get enough recognition. Um, and then Whitney Houston. I know she's not part of hip hop, but she's also from East Orange. That's so right. North area. R&B, so, black you know, media. we had a lot. Right. Okay. And, and Whitney obviously was America's, you know, princess at the time. So she, um, seeing all of these women who were from, you know, the area that my mom was from had a huge uh, impact on me and really let me know that like, it was possible to, you know, take over the entertainment industry. Not sure, you know, at that time, me being under 10, um, not sure in what capacity yet, but uh, it let me know that, you know, it was a possibility.
0: Do you remember the outsiders?
1: No, I don't.
0: Okay. No, they they well, they were a, a very underground group, if I'm not mm-hmm. mistaken. No, they were. They were underground. They were on the the Fuji's album. It might have been like that uh uh that album that came out before the score, like uh mm-hmm. I forget what it was called, like it had Fuji La on it, but anyways, I was just curious if you remember them. Um
1: I gotta check them well, that, out.
0: Yeah, I mean they're they're that raw, gritty nineties type Uh, a hip-hop group jersey hip-hop group Um, all right (laughs) but talking about kind of figuring out ways that you can get in how did you settle on uh journalism writing uh i mean producing probably came later but how did you settle on like journalism and writing
1: so um a few years later when i was in about fourth grade i did a um a project on Oprah I had to do like a um, put together just a a project on someone who inspired me and at the time I was like oh everyone's talking about Oprah let me just do my project on her and I was only 10 at the time but we had to put together like a a pretty extensive you know project that was a few pages long kind of in depth so it I really had to like sit with you know who Oprah was and really kind of do a deep dive and then it helped me realize like oh okay so this is kind of the area I want to go into journalism I knew I was interested in entertainment from seeing you know all those other women like Whitney and Lauren Hill and Queen Latifa. um but seeing Oprah and having to really do that deep dive on the project you know I really know I want to be knew I wanted to be a journalist for quite a long time um so yeah, I was about 10, 11 when I did that. And um, yeah, that was, that was my starting point.
0: Did you read The Source growing up?
1: You know what? I did not. I I, I hate to say that because, you know, <laughs> I'm like a, a double Excel. I did not read The Source growing up, but I, I kind of honestly became familiar with The Source when I was a bit older. I want to mm-hmm. say like in my teens. So it wasn't even as hot as it was. Um, mm. Yeah it wasn't okay. in the
0: peak era <laughs> because i asked that because um at first so this is pre basically pre internet or very early internet people didn't have like it, it computers the internet wasn't as readily available as it is now so mm-hmm. my main reference to learning about hip hop was either um the source cuz i had a subscription um mm-hmm. MTV once they got better at uh covering hip hop right and, and bet but the source that was it like me and my friends, we would, you know, kind of pour over the latest issue of The Source because we were heads. And, you know, I remember, I'll never forget when um, Most Def, Feral Manch, and I think Common were on the cover of The Source in like ninety 99 or 2000 or something like that. Yeah. And they're kind of repping like underground hip hop. And that just, you know, that was the thing that I felt like they represented me on the cover. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And then Double XL came along because yes. um, the Source started to, go to weird places
1: mm-hmm. and
0: double xl was keeping it real and that's when I got yeah. into double xl.
1: They were the new hot thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah they they covered the the MCs that was out that I was interested in and they wrote it in a way that um seemed more authentic. And this is around I want to say two thousand when was it maybe five or two thousand six or so somewhere around there. Maybe a little mm-hmm. bit later. Um, but yeah, they definitely wrote in a way that started to, well, they wrote in a way that resonated with me more, but before, cause you know, we could spend a long time talking about double XL. but, um, how, how did you get to the internship at Viacom? How did that come about? Cause that was kind of like the, your first, I'm assuming that was your first, like dipping your toe into professional media, right?
1: Yes. So, um, how I got to Viacom. Me knowing that I want to be a journalist, I knew that it wasn't going to be an easy career path. Like, I knew that going into college when I selected the major. So I knew I had to do a lot of internships for me to actually land a suitable job when I graduated. So... Throughout my college career, I did four internships, three of them were at Viacom. Um, I ultimately landed at my dream internship, which I was working my way up to, which was MTV News. And so there is when I really like fell in love with hip hop journalism. I um, I met Sway there. Um, and Sway was one of my early mentors. Um, and I just navigated to the, you know, the hip hop wing. So I, out of nowhere you know being a, a intern for the entire ntv news department i somehow became the hip hop intern and so uh, i sway had a show at the time called ntv rap and at the time that was one of those like early online shows And so me being me, just, you know, constantly asking Sway questions, you know, trying to figure out how I could get my early interviews started. That's MTV News is where I did, you know, a lot of my early interviews, a lot of my early event coverage. Um, So ultimately Sway uh, let me become his mic girl. (laughs) I got my own title out of nowhere. So I, I ended up, uh, being able to appear on his show and just handing mics, so um, there's there's a lot of funny interviews with me, like and like Jim Jones, uh, like TDE rappers, even mm-hmm. like Meek Mill, Rick Ross, like just handing the mics and Sway would introduce me like, "This is my mic girl, Miranda." So mm-hmm. it was funny at the same time, but I, for me, it was serious. I was like, "Ooh, I'm <laughs> finally, I'm finally getting <laughs> um, some recognition." And so, yeah. From there, uh, me and Sway built a rapport, and um, Sway let me start writing for him. At the time, he had a website called Sway's Universe, so I covered hip hop yep. for him at Sway'sUniverse.com as well as um, at MTV News. I would help. So, yeah, that's that was kind of my my realm there. Some other people I worked with there was like ASAP Rocky. Um, oh, yeah, it was it was. Well it was right now you know, yes, that he's a blessed <laughs> man. Um, so, <laughs> so that was, um, my kind of MTV news era. Um, yeah.
0: Uh, I think a lot of people, young people who want to get into the business may not realize that, um, they see so much glamor on social media. I think the time that you were coming up, um, y- once you get that internship and you're starting your journey, there's a lot of unglamorous stuff that you got to do, but you got to put in that, that, um, that work to kind of build your way up. And, uh, it takes time as, as, you know, oh, we we're going over yeah. the amount of years it's taken to really get to where you want to be, but somehow finding it's kind of like how you were saying you found, um, some type of satisfaction and just being able to do stuff with people that you admire, even if it wasn't, you know, that end point that you wanted to be at. It's like, Hey, this is the process.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, and I also wanted to mention too, around the time that I was, uh, navigating my major in these internships, my brother at the time had started, um, a blog site, uh, cause at the time, World Star Hip Hop was kind of just coming up. So he started a blog site and he was getting interviews with everyone from like 50 Cent and Nipsey Hussle to Jada Kids. And I'm like, whoa, like, how are you doing this out of nowhere? So that was also influential to me because that let me know like, oh my God, my brother is just kind of like coming out of nowhere getting these interviews. Um, So that like helped further solidify my interest in journalism and um, wanting to go for MTV and MTV News too.
0: Man, so you guys got a hip hop entertainment uh, family going on.
1: Yeah, my my brother definitely was out here hitting the ground running. Mm-hmm. He got those fifty cent. I'm like fifty cent.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and this is like a uh, uh, get rich or die trying massacre. Fifty cent, like at the height of his
1: career. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was shocked.
0: <laughs> so uh, fast forward a little bit. How did the opportunity for Double XL come up, and how important was that to your career?
1: Double XL was extremely uh, influential in my career. It all started back when um, I got the interview. Obviously, I made some relationships at MTV News. And so ultimately, I got an interview with Double XL. But I did not get the job. I like to say I did not get the job. I was never told I didn't get the job, but they didn't call me back right away. But you know me, I wasn't going to take no for an answer. So what I did, um, there was a lot of people coming up at St. John's during that time. Um, We saw J. Cole's whole rise. I mean, he graduated uh, the year before I came to St. John's. So we we were seeing all J. Cole's mixtapes. We saw him got signed to rock station um his debut album so seeing j cole um was huge for me too and also huge for everyone else at st john's so one of my um this photographer producer um at the time snuck on to j cole's crooked smile video shoot and he knew i was working for mtv um news at the time. So he gave me the photos. And I was like, Oh, let me try to use these to get my job at double XL. So I sent the photos to double XL. And I'm like, Can you guys use these? They didn't hire me at the time. But I was like, Oh, can you guys use these? Bam, I got the job. They were shocked that I was able to get these (laughs) J. Cole photos. Um, and yeah, Vanessa was like, Oh no, we're hiring her. So I got the job from there. That was like, uh, can
0: you talk a little bit about what you have to do sometimes that may not be, uh, linear, I guess. I don't know if that's the way I want to put it, but they may not be what you're taught to do, but you just gotta do what you gotta do to, um, to, to get to the place you want to be.
1: Yeah. Sometimes you got to fight for it. I look at Tamron every day. Tamron is, 51. And she's just now getting her own show. She's been in journalism for 30 years. I've only been, I'm hitting the 10 year mark. So I know that it, it, it's a journey that you got to have to, you have to fight for every step of the way and get and to prove your worth. Sadly, a lot of the times I know you think, you know, you're worthy, right? You know, you have what it takes, but Sometimes from the outside looking in, people can't always see that. So you sometimes have to fight for what you want. And if you look at back at a lot of notable groups, they were told no, like music icons, they were told no, doors were slammed in their face, but look, you know, they they fought for it and ultimately they're icons and, and you don't get that, get to that status by just um you know letting those no's you know deter you from pursuing your dream you know you have to use those no's as as you know like as j cole would say steam to power your dreams i mean you know
0: and almost more I, i know this happens in every industry but i feel like almost more than any industry in entertainment and media so much of your ability to um get positions or gigs are dependent on your relationships and your network um, is extremely important. I, I know that um, recently um, the jobs that I've been able to get have been almost like completely dictated by how well I've been able to service my relationships.
1: Yeah. Uh, relationships are extremely important. Um, I like for me particularly, I never like to rely on someone to uh, get me in the door somewhere because I feel like that is just such, um, you know, hopes and dreams, but you always work like me and you, you always run into someone that you worked with in the past. And that person could be your counterpart that needs to take your current position to the next level. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I like, you know, a lot of the things that we did at essence were because we had such a good, you know, working relationship, there was no bad blood back from Double XL. So I think it's important just because you never know who you're going to see yeah. on your way up. You know what I mean? And you're going to reconnect with them. So that is what I think is the most important. Like, I never like to, you know, rely on someone like, oh, uh, get me in the door here. But I know that I may connect with that person and they might be mm-hmm. somebody who helps me elevate you know, my current position. So that's why I always, you know, you got to treat people well. And even like, so, like somebody like 50 Cent, 50 Cent, like, in, and Charlamagne, people will say like, oh my God, they're so mean, they're so mean, but they're not, they're some of the coolest people in the industry. And that's one of the reasons why they've gone so far, because like, yes, they have these personas, but behind closed doors, they're like, 50 Cent will say, how do you, Charlamagne will say, how do you? before you even say hi to them like they are like just genuine people and that is a a huge part of succeeding in this business you know just being a good person and you know not trying to you know a lot of the times you know there are people in this industry that will be foul and you know move foul I
0: I was just about to say because um in my experience I've met some of the coolest people ever like yourself within Mm -hmm. the industry. And I've met some of the worst people ever Mm -hmm. in, in the entertainment industry. And that was actually one of my questions It's like, you know, there's so many personalities that are very uh, guarded and also uh, closed off. Like I I witnessed a lot of that at different places I worked at and just plain weird. Maybe it's just because of, you know, if you're um, if you're, have some type of notoriety for a certain period of time you just naturally start to not trust people yeah um but how for yourself how have you maintained and even i guess to a certain extent you how you talked about Charlemagne? how have you been able to maintain um authenticity and not letting the world just kind of uh destroy (laughs) your niceness yeah. And, and still be exist within the industry.
1: Yeah. It has not always been easy. There have been times where I have sworn the world off, but I just know I can only be me. Right. And that's the easiest person for me to be. I'm not going to let anyone change who I am. And hopefully I hope and pray that, you know, that genuineness, that uh, righteousness takes me places Um, just, you know, the universe works in my favor because uh, I just can only be me. While Mm. I would say I do protect my energy, you know what I mean? I I definitely don't, um, you know, communicate Mm. with everyone. I don't let everyone in. Um, I Mm. definitely watch people from the sidelines before I determine like, you know, if I'm going to get down with that person and be cool with them. Um, But yeah, you just can't let this industry take your joy, man. I mean, that's, kind of all you've got in a sense like you you can't let this industry take your joy and there are so many stories of people letting this industry take their joy and therefore their dreams not coming to fruition I mean you and then while certain people have dealt with the same things but have been able to get past those things and like look at 50 cent like 50 cent when he got shot nine times he could have been like I can't rap like you know what I mean I'm not doing this but he didn't And look where he's at now. You know what I mean? So you kind of have to just know what your dream is and and keep that at your core and your foundation and, and, you know, not let these naysayers get in your head. Um, And yeah, even like you'll deal with people at every level who, you know, have been kind of scared to follow their dreams. So they try to project that onto you. Um, You just have to, you know, be protective of your energy and protective of that dream. Because you know it can happen in one year, it can happen in five, it can happen in thirty years. So you know you just have to stay true to yourself and you know keep pressing forward. I
0: don't think I've ever seen you um, get like really upset. And I'm just thinking back to the Essence days, even back to Double XL days. Because I mean, we didn't have that much communication at Double XL. There was a little bit, but when we worked more closely together at Essence, I I don't remember you ever really being upset at anything, you know, just yeah. can't, carried a very positive attitude. Maybe it was just because, you know, if you if you were upset about something, it was just like, well, I can't control that. And well, all I'm gonna do right now is just um, not give that energy and attention
1: yeah absolutely and I know I treat every job I have like a stepping stone like until I get Mm. like you know my like Oscar or or my hit show I am like every job is a stepping stone to me I'm not letting anybody uh, get in my feelings to to Mm. get me in my feelings to help me lose my position like nope Mm. it's all a stepping stone Um, and I learned that early on Um, so yeah no one's gonna get me there
0: (laughs) No, I hear you because um, it's not that if somebody does something wrong to you, it's not that you don't feel a certain way about it, but you don't want to be ruled by those emotions in the moment because you respond in the moment and then you can't take it back, you know,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: but uh, I wanted to talk about. Uh, a few of my favorite Miranda moments. I'm going to go to my second favorite one first. Right. And that is the Breakfast Club interview for, I think it was, was a 2018 freshman cover? Uh, um, You and Vanessa. 2016. 2016.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I did a few Breakfast Club interviews. Those were fun. I actually did three. Um, okay. We did the 2014, 2015, and 2016 freshman. I think uh, it was 2016. Yeah. Yes, those were epic moments. I mean, just the freshmen in general and just seeing like some of the guys that we uh, helped give a platform, like uh, like the 2013 freshmen were crazy. Um, the 2014 freshman list was crazy. Um, some some of the notable freshmen have been people like, and this was before my time, but like J. Cole, Kendrick Lamar, um, some of the ones that we helped put on are like Chance to Rapper, Um, So seeing these guys, like, basically come from, like, you know, nobodies and us, like, giving them a platform and then seeing, like, what they've, you know they've gone on to get Grammys and, and all different types of stuff. So that has been huge for me, just even being a part of that. And going back to Jersey, um, like Fetty Wap, he was like the first New Jersey freshman. So help, you know, for me being able to to see all these prominent black women in hip hop and even black artists in general come up. And then for me to help, you know, get the first uh, New Jersey freshman, that was huge. So um, and obviously a huge uh, stepping stone for me, you know, being able to be on a nationally syndicated morning show. uh, We were even on revolt at the time. So it it was that was pretty exciting. Good times.
0: You know, I had seen that episode back in 2016, I believe, um, when it aired and I would forgot about it until. Uh, I said I wanted to do, to do this episode with you and I went back and did some research. I'm like, oh yeah, that's right. I forgot she was on that. Um, yeah. and I, I, the, the full expanse and breadth of your career started to come into view when, when I was doing my research. I'm like, wow, she's, she, she's been doing a lot. So um, my number, I think this is my number one favorite Miranda moment and I think you know what, what it's going to be was the Rihanna interview at Essence for her yeah. Diamond, was it Diamond Festival? I think. Diamond not? Ball.
1: Diamond mm-hmm. bowl. Um mm-hmm.
0: that was kind of a, a a viral, viral moment. And um yeah, I think that I don't I don't know if that I, I, I how I don't know how it's set up if um not that she's required to to talk to you while she's on the red carpet, but um was it just kinda she was just, moseyed her way on over to you or did you kind of just move your way up and was like, Hey Rihanna, gotta ask you some questions.
1: Oh so that was the <laughs> final interview that she did that night. So I'm mm. so glad that she was like, they were like essence and that's it. I was like, oh mm-hmm. my God. Um, and so she, we didn't know if she was going to do interviews that day. We, oh, can I even, I obviously, I want to start from earlier that day. Okay, let's go. This, this is how um, it's a huge testament to not getting in your feelings when. Things don't go your way. So earlier that day, in essence, they had had these they started having these meetings like department by department where everyone um, basically in the company would weigh in on where they thought the performance was. They would weigh in on your strengths and your weaknesses as a department within the conglomerate. And so that day happened to be the social media day. Mm. and uh the social media director had just left so we were Mm kind of just like I remember you know we were we were raw that day so we were Mm. just we we were unguarded basically and the whole company I mean I thought we were doing a great job at social media and I knew we were doing a great job at social media I mean like we were we essence still is kind of almost benefiting off of the the work and the And The different things that we, you know, Mm -hmm. put into play during that time. Mm -hmm. But for some reason, the company, I guess because the director had just left, they decided, you know, to go in on us that day. And so I left that meeting with love spirits. I mean, I just felt like, dang, like y'all really feel... That we're not performing, and then beyond that, I had to have another meeting after that with the uh, senior executives at Essence, and they were kind of just giving us suggestions, like, "Oh yeah, y'all should do this because the social media is just it's not up to par. Like it's it's not like cutting it." And I'm shocked because I'm like, "Are you guys serious? Like we are like we have more followers than BT. Like we are been killing been- it out here. Like you guys." Don't know about analytics if this is what you're saying, but I kept my cool. You know, as you say, I never Boom let anyone you know, ch- you know, get that side of me. And so I, I had in my head the day I was like, okay, diamond ball later, bet like I, I got this. And so um, I went to the diamond ball. Um, I wasn't sure if I was going to get the Rihanna interview, but I was determined to still, you know, make a make a, a staple on the carpet. And so Rihanna was my last interview and, you know, just me, I had planned the question I was going to ask her because, you know, as a type of journalist I am, I always put a lot of thought into my questions and I, you know, I like to use my different skills to put together a question that, you know, I basically drive contrive, contrive a question, but not just come off with something easy that people think you know is easy to ask like i'm not asking rihanna what she wearing or like that sort of thing because what's that gonna do you know what i mean everybody so, else exactly so i asked her a question um you know about black women um and it went viral. And you know, even like yes, it did. It's it's to me something that is forever relevant. And um, even like, you know, she's pregnant right now, she has a girl, the quote is she's gonna give birth to a black woman. So I mean I remember like, hearing
0: that. I'm like, wow, this is like some foreshadowing right here.
1: You know, and that is all from you know, that earlier, that meeting where Essence was trying to say the social media was not up to par. Well, we went from not up to par to being the really? number one overnight. OK, the number <laughs> one. Like, oh,
0: we're not up to the we not up to par. Really? Yeah. OK. Mm-hmm.
1: And literally the next day I walked into the office, the whole staff got up and started clapping as I was walking in. There were flowers on my desk. I'm like, yes. Yeah, and they, this they is- ate
0: off of that for a while.
1: Okay. They're still posting it. They posted it a a few months back. So like, it's just like, you know, I, I always never react in the moment and I, I kind of internalize that and put it in the work. That's, that's, that's all I've ever really done. And that was just another example of that. Um, Yeah. They tried it that day. They tried it. Well,
0: you know, (laughs) to keep, to keep it positive though, um, when you think about your experience and time at essence essence festival, Liana, um, yeah. how would you sum up that time in terms of how it benefited your career?
1: Um, working at Essence was eye-opening for me too, because it, it showed me the power of Black women, the power of you know the Black community. And black entertainment. I mean, there's nothing like it. And, and for Essence to be at the forefront of that, for me to be able to be at the forefront of that was a once in a lifetime experience. And while I will say that meeting was, wasn't the best, I've met so many great, talented individuals at Essence who have helped me mold my career, build my career. I mean, even like um, who's in charge there now, Corey Murray, she's amazing. She's like someone I look up to. She's like a great friend of mine who's helped me in so many ways. Mm-hmm. She's put me on the, the Grammys carpet, the Oscars carpet. She's even responsible for that Rihanna interview. So um, there are so many powerful women at Essence, and so much um, it's celebration of Black culture. And it, it even helped me with my identity. It helped me to be even more proud of my Black my Blackness and being a Black woman and knowing the power that I have. And, and then even just like, you know, a few months after I left Essence, um, we were helping at the 2019 Essence Festival. We had all of the uh, 2020 presidential candidates mm-hmm. there. Ultimately Kamala Harris being the first uh, woman, um, you know, in the, the, to be vice president, to be, you know, even in that branch. So, I mean, for her to be you know the highest woman in power in the country it's just like seeing that was just phenomenal mm-hmm. you know and i am forever indebted to essence for the places that they put me um even just it being my next act after double excel and um when I first got to essence girls trip um, was one of the first things I worked on there. The movie was girls, one trip. of the first things I did. And, you know, obviously the movie girls trip with queen Latifah, Jada Pinkett, and Tiffany Haddish and um, Regina. Um, mm-hmm. Oh my God. Regina. Hall, yeah. And so seeing, that that was i think like one of the it broke like it was like the highest grossing movie for directed and starring a black cast or something like that i think the highest grossing comedy maybe but seeing that them even break barriers when i first got there i'm like wow like i'm i'm really lucky to be here um so essence is uh just a phenomenal um you know publication. And I, 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 truly hope that it continues as it's done so phenomenally to exist and to continue to, you know, adhere with the times and, and mold digitally. And, and, you know, I, I honestly think, um, Essence is, is just, um, a priceless moment in, in my career.
0: Yeah. I, I love that moment. Um, and, At the time, I remember uh, thinking that you did it so effortlessly because I can see other um, interviewers maybe having a more nervous energy, but um, it seems like all the time that you had at Double XL kind of prepared you for just to kind of smoothly just kind of enter that space, get what you needed, and and keep it moving Mm -hmm. while while having a lot of impact. I think my time at Essence mirrors yours in the sense that it was a great opportunity to kind of open up a world of possibilities. Um, Mm -hmm. I was at Viacom as well. This is actually after Essence Mm -hmm. and it's a very traditional corporate structure and it doesn't allow for a lot of um, kind of improvising and and doing your own thing, but Essence very Mm -hmm. much allowed for a world of possibilities and to do different things and connect with different people. Like you said, um, There's a lot of very talented black women that work there. I think Essence is one of the places I've worked with some of the most talented people I've I've ever worked with, to be honest. Um, And we see, you know, people that have spent time there and then left going on to do, you know, incredible things like yourself. So um, yeah, my experience at Essence very much uh, mirrors your own. Um, So moving forward in your timeline, um, we go from Essence to Tamron Hall. How did that opportunity come up? And uh, can you explain your role? Or, I mean, you kind of explained it partially, but if you can go uh, a little bit deeper into your role there and how that maybe has ex- expanded your skill set or the, the different things that it asks uh, you to do that might be uh, different from what they've asked you to do at Essence and Double XL.
1: Yeah. So, um I've always not only wanted to be a journalist, but a screenwriter and a producer as well. And so my goal was always ultimately to make my way to a TV show. And beyond now, my goal is to make my way to films. Um, So while working at Essence, I, you know, was able to... um, able to nurture a bunch of relationships outside of the company as well. Um, so one of those relationships was with a producer at the Tamron Hall show. Um, he would connect with us a lot of the time because obviously we had such a great social media platform. At essence, A lot of people wanted to be on it. So when Tamron was, um, you know, debuting her first episode, we actually did a lot of the behind the scenes coverage on our social media handles at essence. And so ultimately a few months later uh, they offered me a position. um, And here I am now Uh, in my current role at Tamron Hall. I do a lot of like the social media producing. So I will determine, help the show determine uh, hot topics, on social media that we will then uh, put shows together on. So I'll be like, oh, this is buzzing on social media. And then ultimately they'll put it on the show. So some of those examples are like the Issa Rae show that we did. Uh, We did a whole hour around Issa Rae and Insecure uh, in October when the final season premiered. Another one that was really viral was Portia Williams. Um, I suggested Portia um, because obviously she had a lot going on uh, in 2020. So I suggested her and ultimately she became uh, she became a show as well. I'm, I'm not sure if it was the whole hour. No, I don't think that one was a whole hour, but uh, we had a lot of our kids from that show. And then so beside me helping besides me helping the show determine um, topics. uh through social media. I also help, um, edit videos for our social media platforms and I provide those clips to high profile outlets like GMA or people. Uh, so I will, yeah, that's my main areas of operation.
0: Um, within the role of digital uh, social media, digital producing, like you said, you, some of your tasks are editing video. Um, has that, Been necessitated by how the media landscape has changed with digital or have you always had a interest in the more technical aspect like editing video or editing audio audio
1: so it's just kind of me molding with the times i feel like you have to kind of be a jack of all trades nowadays like not only can you have, do you have to know how to do interviews, but you got to learn how to edit them. You have to learn the analytics behind them. You know, you have to learn how to publish them. So that was just a skill set that I always wanted to have. And ultimately with my goal of screenwriting and getting into films, I think it, I thought it was very uh, beneficial for me to learn all the technical ins and outs. So, you know, when writing, I now know, how to transform from scene to scene, you know what I mean? Because I know how to edit. So I think that that has been very beneficial Uh, to me. And also in my role, I've learned a lot about script writing. Uh, I've learned the ins and outs of of script writing and even just like being on TV, how important it is to be timely and to time out the different things before you go to commercial breaks. So I think that, you know, learning the entire scope of things was something that I always was going to have to, a place I always was going to have to get to. So that, um, yeah. I'm I'm more than happy to now uh, have mastered editing um, as well as uh, script writing, too.
0: So I think that's a perfect intro into uh, talking about your own production company and what you hope to do with that. And, um, you know, the different stories that you're that you want to tell from your production company, if you could jump into that.
1: Yeah. So uh, along the lines, I've always learned how important it is to not only build up the entities that you work for, but to build up something of your own as well, to have something of your own. So 43 Highland Productions was always something that I wanted to do. And I'm glad that I'm finally getting started. So right now we're YouTube centric, um, you know, Uh, just kind of content living on YouTube, but I'm also doing a lot of screenwriting as well. I'm writing films. um, So, you know, hopes and prayers uh, in the next year or two, I'll be able to pitch those films and who knows what's going to come to fruition, but I've been doing a lot of uh, films uh, that I've been writing, both uh, biographies and uh, just films that I, um, you know, I have interest in that I've come up with off of my own um, experiences. So that's 43 Highland Productions and um, it also uh, my brother who has his own media company um, is also a part of 43 Highland Productions too. He kind of helps with more of like the shooting and the camera work and I more of do like the writing and the in the you know producing aspect
0: very cool and that's uh 43 highline production
1: yeah 43 highline Productions. yeah
0: i want to get a little spicy but not crazy spicy because um you know don't want to i this is something that i could we could probably overdo (laughs) because it'd be very easy to do it but just to talk about experience within black media i want to touch on the positive and the negative aspects of it Mm -hmm. um Because we both worked within within Black media for a while at different points in our career, maybe even jumped in and out. But if you could maybe go over some of the pros that you've experienced over the years working within Black media. First, first the pros.
1: Yes, I think some of the pros are it shows you the power of Black art and Black entertainment. Um, and then you also kind of see how we haven't gotten our just due and it kind of almost empowers you to continue to push that narrative forward to push those accolades forward, uh, because there have been so many that that have come, you know, before us that haven't gotten adequate um, praise, you know what I mean. So I think that that kind of gives you um, Uh, a power within yourself to kind of fight for that narrative, you know, in the grand scheme of things. Um, And just, you know, Black media, seeing Black people, you know, owned and operated like Essence is owned and operated by Black people, that's powerful to see what Essence is able to do as a Black-owned entity. Um, And I think that It also helps open your eyes to the way the world views Black creatives as well. Um, And that's something that, you know, is almost priceless. I I will say I'm so glad that I was able to work at Essence because it helped me not only see my identity as, you know, when I look in the mirror, but how people see me from the outside looking in, you know, how people see black women, how mm-hmm. people see, you know, black creatives overall. And it just helps you to, you know, conduct yourself differently, mm-hmm. you know, within media and entertainment.
0: And to get to the spicy part, what are some of the challenges within black, black media?
1: Oh, man, some of the challenges is being overlooked, you know, being, uh, copied and not getting the uh recognition that you deserve you know what i mean like essence has been writing about black women's hair and braids for decades but you know kim kardashian comes out with some great cornrows and it's all over all of the beauty sites like it's brand new so it's like what um i can't believe this um and then also you know just as with any i don't think this is just a, a black media thing but there are interesting individuals within black media that you work with and you're like that's a
0: good that's a good way to put it and
1: you're like whoa really like whoa like i i can't even i can't even begin to comprehend your personality and and working with you on it daily so i think that that's a downside of black media um mm-hmm. yeah those are two downsides.
0: i think it's interesting um working in black media from the standpoint of um it's not just that you're working in an organization to get to a certain goal, um, but it's also that that goal is perceived to have ramifications for basically the entire group and the entire race. And I think that's different than other industries or industries that might be pre- predominantly white.
1: Well, another positive, I'll say for me to now be kind of in mainstream, I'll say that. One of the things that was positive, I was able to be my full self. Like, if I wanted to wear cornrows to work, it wasn't a problem. If I, whatever I wanted, if I wanted to wear my hip hop tees, like nobody cared. That was such something I took for granted. You know what I mean? If I wanted to just wear my hair a crazy color one day, nobody cared. They were like, oh, girl, that's cute. Um, but I can't do that where I am now. So, that's, that's definitely another positive, being able to bring your full self to work you know it's something you might take for granted while you're in the moment
0: Mm -hmm. and uh, you you touched on it i think already but um the level of support you know is is really great you know you can run into people that may not have your best interest at heart anywhere but i think the level of support that you get specifically at a a majority black company is really different from anywhere else that you're going to work you know you know that um the people that you work with that you know you're bonding with um there's a there's a level of riding for you that um it can be rare other places
1: totally just even the positions that you get to like me uh being able to go to the oscars and the grammys like um like now at abc news like while I hope they would pick me to be on the carpet there's a ton of mm-hmm. others in front of me that I may not get that chance right now you know ultimately Mm -hmm. the person i'm being i'm gonna get there but um you know just being able to the positions that you're able to be in just because you know being at a a smaller company that supports you so much and and is able to see you uh like other places may not Mm -hmm. um there's so much power in that as well
0: absolutely um the question just entered my mind that i was going to ask a little while ago but i forgot as we were just kind of Getting into the flow of the of the combo, but I, I've definitely seen progression from some of the older older videos um, that you had as I think on air talent at MTV. Because I was even watching bits and pieces from hottest MC in the game from back in oh. maybe it was a 2014 or 2015 with uh, Charlamagne, yeah. and I think Joe Budden was actually on the panel too. But I've seen mm. an ease and comfort develop over time, especially when um, getting to either the Rihanna interview or um, Even talking to you right now, um, how have you been able to, I guess, develop yourself as an on-air personality and develop your comfort in front of the camera? Because that can be a difficult thing to do. Is that something that you've consciously been able to do or has just continuously doing it over time made it easier?
1: I think just with the different accolades I've hit um, has helped me have a little more confidence in my journalism skills. Like, I know that I am a great journalist. You know, in those days, I I might have not as been as secure or or knew that I, you know, had the skills to flourish. But now I I know, and I know that um, I've sharpened my tools enough over the past decade, don't tell anyone, (laughs) Jesus. Um, that I now, you know, I have the tools Um, To be a great journalist, even watching somebody like Tamron do her interviews, taking notes, seeing how, you know, she conducts interviews, um, it's definitely helped me to develop a level of comfort that I think only comes Mm -hmm. with time. You know, it's not something that you can just pull out of thin air It's something that, you know, you have to develop as you go.
0: Absolutely. Um, How has the media landscape changed for black women over the years from your view?
1: Oh, my God. I feel like even now, like I was saying, like, you know, uh, the Tamar Hall show is a part of ABC News, along with like shows like Ryan and Kelly and GMA and The View. And so now the president of ABC News is a black woman. So it's like, you know, it's a whole new era for mm-hmm. us. Like, in you know, we like as before, when we had one offs like, you know, as like Oprah, like everyone was looking at Oprah as kind of like this sole entity that when it's leading the charge for black women, now the horizons have broadened and there's a lot more women in power, uh, in media that, you know, have bust down the doors for us. So I think that Queen now Latifah, it's, right? it's kind of like Queen Latifah. Oh my God. Like even seeing Queen Latifah from back in the day, um, to now, like she, She's just someone who's been amazing. And even, you know. Almost she like had a, a talk show at, one
0: show at one point, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: We have the Queen Latifah uh, show, I mm-hmm. believe. Actually, the guy who hired me uh, at Salmon Hall, he was part of that show. Mm. So, um, yeah, seeing Queen um, just take things over has been amazing. And she's definitely somebody who's helped, um, you know, black women that are coming after her to continue to knock down these doors. Um, And just, yeah, I think it's a brand new horizon for black women in media. And I think that, you know, from here, it's only going to get better. I think that, you know, we're finally going to start getting the accolades we deserve. Hopefully there's more black women who win Academy Awards, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and really just continue to bust down these doors because there's been so many women who deserve these praises but haven't got them. So I hope that, you know, going forward in my career and my peers continue to, you know, bust down those doors so we can get our just do, you know.
0: Let's have a moment of snaps for Regina King and how amazing that she's been uh, recently, right? Obviously, she's going through it right now with with everything that's happened in her life. But um, yeah, I just thought it would be nice to honor her because I think as an actress, as a, I think, producer. um,
1: Director, director,
0: yeah. Yeah, she's she's coming at it um, from multiple points, and I think she's an incredible uh, creative Mm-hmm.
1: Um, yeah. And just to see her trajectory, like thinking about all the way back to like poetic justice. Oh my goodness, Regina King. Do you remember her starring alongside Janet Jackson being the version of a, a black girl that we see every day mm-hmm. to now, you know, being uh nominated for all these awards as a director and and breaking down the doors as a black woman director? Listen, Regina um, King,
0: um, yes. I when the boondocks first came out, I don't think I realized that she was Huey and uh, his <laughs> yeah. brother Riley. Um, and the yeah, fact yeah. that she had that voice acting ability mm-hmm. blew my mind. She
1: is a multi-hyphenate yes. for sure. A woman of many talents.
0: Absolutely. Um, and well, it's, it's funny because I was going to ask you my last question, but I saw, I wanted to just give you props and accolades again for, I was thinking about back on going to essence festival. Right. And yeah. I had a really great time and, um, was able to really kind of break bread you know when, hanging out with you guys on the social team and then also just seeing everybody else and going to the evening performances and the different conferences throughout the day at the at the um at the city center or civic center or convention center sorry um mm-hmm. you know there were moments there where i i would have these weird things happen with uh, some personalities and Then I would see like you know yourself or um, Brahani or um, some other people from the shout
1: out to Brahani Brahani
0: or Shay, and you guys were always cool even when you're under pressure. So I think that you know moments like that would renew my faith and and people in in media, especially coming off a moment where you have a a weird situation with somebody that's just kind of like, ooh, where did that come from?
1: You you gotta stay the course, man. You can't let these these weird personalities, you know, deter you. I mean, like if I could have went to the diamond ball that day all shucking up, all like, oh God, we suck. But no, I already (laughs) knew what it was. You were
0: focused. It's like you knew like this this I don't wanna say once in a lifetime moment, but you know, you don't get too many moments like that. Well, um, for my last question, what advice would you give your younger self um, coming up in media? And by extension, that's I think that's would be good advice for, you know, people coming up, young people coming up now.
1: So I would say to I would tell my younger self to follow my dreams without any doubt, because I know, as I said, that it takes time to build these things and it doesn't happen overnight. So stay the course. And um, lastly, just like every setback is a setup for a major comeback. So like if something happens, like a door shuts or or somebody says something that, you know, kind of hits you in your gut, use that as a setup for your major comeback. Because everybody loves a good comeback story. And the story is not good without any drama. So just keep going, Mm -hmm. you know
0: i think that's amazing advice and i think you gave me the title of this episode every step back is a setup i I think that's it right there i think that encompasses uh, a lot of things we talked about so thank you so much miranda
1: yes it was my pleasure um i am so grateful that you uh have given me this platform um, and I can't wait to see what else you do. I know you're going to have some other great interviews. I can't wait to check them out. Yeah,
0: I can't. I can't wait to bring bring them to you and to the audience. Um, and again, thank you, Miranda, for always being cool, for being a cool pe- person in the industry and not letting people steal your joy or steal um, that thing about you that, you know, makes you so approachable and uh, uh, easy to talk to and be around.
1: Yes, yes. Look, I've, I've learned from the best. I've seen, you know, how people conduct themselves and and that has you know i've i've taken heed you mm-hmm. know so i'm always going to be me no you know matter what i'm where excited I about i'm excited
0: about the next 10 years of growth and um maybe doing my oscar yeah, and your you I, know, yep
1: the you know, oscar
0: then double acp award all that stuff
1: okay yes speak it Cliff. It's yeah coming. speak it into it's
0: existence coming. thank you so much miranda for joining me i had a wonderful time talking and um this was a really great conversation. I look forward to doing, doing it again sometime. Um, and before we jump off, you could, if you could give us where we could find you on socials um, and we can check you out and follow you and see what you're up to.
1: Thanks so much for having me, Cliff. It's been a pleasure. You can follow me on TikTok, Twitter, Instagram, at Um, I'd love to hear from you guys and hear your thoughts on the podcast.
0: You can find the Creators Life Podcast on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify.